0: Welcome Welcome to to D-Therapy Space. space. I'm Sienna. And I'm Ronnie. Welcome back. It has been a hell of a month, hasn't it, Sienna?
1: It really, really has.
0: (laughs) We are just going to start off by welcoming back all of our listeners into what's probably going to be April by the time this episode comes out. But I just want to be mindful that we know we were supposed to release an episode in March. We didn't.
1: We're sorry.
0: Yeah, we're so sorry. But this episode is going to be exactly why we haven't done it. We wanted to share some of the really raw feelings that we've been feeling over the last month. It has been a really difficult five weeks. A lot has been going on in the world. And I feel like on a personal level, it's been affecting us as well. Mm -hmm. I know it's definitely been affecting me. I can't talk for you, Sienna. No,
1: it's definitely affected me as well. You're not the only one. So we wanted to
0: have a chance to just explore what it is that we've been with. Let it go in this new month of April, in this new season of spring. We just need to let that-ish go. Yes. And start fresh. So...
1: We know we were going to be releasing an episode on
0: finding a therapist.
1: Which we still would love to do and hopefully we give you some tips at the end of this episode. Definitely worth, yeah,
0: exactly what I was going to say. We want to be able to share some of those tips. We just won't be able to really tell you what this episode is about until you get to the end. Because quite frankly, what we're doing right now is just reflecting on March. We're trying to process March, okay? It has been... Oh a heavy heavy month. Sienna where are you at?
1: I actually feel like I'm in a better place now and I have this thing about the moon so I'm not sure if I've got any moon lovers that are listening out, but we're just finishing the full moon stage and so that's more about like releasing and I definitely feel that there's been a lot of releasing of energies. It's a way for other things and other adventures, other feelings to be able to come through. And then on top of that, we have a new month. So for our listeners, this is actually the 1st of April. But, oh, it's April Fool's. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but I think because it is also a new month, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, we've got the restrictions that are being lifted. Finally. Yes, finally. But it makes a big difference difference you've also got the sun oh my gosh oh have you been enjoying the weather I really have been and I actually don't like the summer I'm a winter baby (laughs) oh definitely the opposite (laughs) (laughs) and I like the winter but just being able to look out and see the sunshine has been amazing it really does put a smile on your face I mean, I was walking with one of my kids and we were going to school and people were actually saying hi and and smiling. And You don't really get that. But just because the seasons are changing, people are starting to feel a lot better or, you know, so that's really nice.
0: I really like that analogy. And I think it's so, so important to actually reflect on that. March is the month where actually it's half winter, half spring. We don't go into spring until mid-March. The clocks don't change until the end of March. It feels like it's one of those limbo months where it kind of feels like it should be spring, but it's still winter and people forget that it's still winter. So there's so many expectations and so many things. And I feel like on some level, I came into March full of expectations, full of hopes for the new month. Mm-hmm. Feeling strong and empowered because it's, you know, Women's History Month mm-hmm. and sort of feeling ready to take on new challenges, new adventures. And then it almost felt like, ironically, the winter sort of like the dark side. Sorry for all the winter lovers out there. <laughs> I don't mean-, <laughs> Me. <laughs> don't mean to make it sound as if like oh, winter's bad and spring is good. But I'm just saying like sometimes those dark months can really, really take their toll. And I feel like maybe that's what ended up happening. Yeah. And I know I have personally been affected by a lot of the news that have occurred in March. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been feeling very on edge. And I was just sharing with Sienna. Mm hmm that I kind of feel like a bubble and I'm not really sure what I'm filled up with at the moment it's a lot of air but I definitely feel like a bubble and I'm just sort of floating around not really knowing where I'm landing but every person that I meet is standing around with needles and I'm just waiting for that person who's going to just reach out and poke me and it almost feels like whatever is inside me will just explode and it's scary to be walking around like that I that feels tense. And even just that image of having that bubble sort of like, I just feel so hot-headed, and I'm ready to really let that go. Definitely. And I love everything that you said, Sienna, about the new moon and the new month. And like today is April. And it feels so nice being able to actually reflect back instead of being stuck in it. Because let me tell you guys... Me and
1: Sienna have met up six, seven times to record this episode. I don't even know if I want to go back into that. Because like you said, that was March. We're in April now. But yes, what Ronnie said is completely true. Like we have met up several times over Zoom to do this podcast and do this episode. And it just has not worked on several different occasions. And I think that's where we had to really just notice our own feelings and the things that we were doing and the things that we were taking on. And before we started this episode, I actually was just talking to Ronnie about a book that I'm currently reading, which is Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Mm -hmm. It's by Nedra Glover Tower. Now I'm so sorry if I've said the name wrong. The book is really interesting and it's about setting boundaries and I think that's what me and Ronnie probably needed to do for the month of March. Because there was a lot of things that we took on individually and together. And I think throughout that, we just felt overwhelmed. You know, we both have families. Ronnie, I know you don't have kids, but you still have essentially You've got a family. Oh, yeah. And so it can be really difficult sometimes when you're accepting to do help and support others. And you also have your own things going on. And we are also therapists as well Mm. and sometimes it just gets a bit overwhelming because then you've got your own workload you know we've got the podcast that we do we've got the instagram and the facebook and it just gets a bit too much and i think for all of you listening i'm not sure if you were able to tune into either our facebook page or our instagram where we posted daily and each day we had a different type of therapy And then we had the truth and myths. What? how did you feel about posting those, Ronnie? Like, was there anything that when we researched and we kind of put them out, was there anything that you were surprised of or that you didn't know of? Because there was quite a lot of therapies and we haven't even covered them all. That was just what we did in March.
0: No, yeah, I think it's really worth going back to that. We set ourselves a little goal of posting every day because we really wanted to talk about finding a therapist, finding the right therapist and although we are both drama therapists we don't want to be fully biased because we will be and we'll tell you all to go find a drama therapist but it's not for everyone and I think that's so important to just point out it's not for everyone and that's okay. I've been looking into different forms of therapy and I feel like the way that we've done it is actually really amazing where we've both researched different types of therapies, researched the myths around it I actually walked around and just asked people, like, if I tell you about this therapy, what do you think? And it really struck me the sort of, like, things that would come out of people's mouths around different types of therapies and, like, what they mean and then actually researching it and realising that it's something completely different. And I kind of felt like we could resonate to that as drama therapists, where we sort of ask people, oh, what's the first thing you think of when you hear about drama therapy? And they automatically think, oh, I'm going to have to be acting. It's a lot of drama or my favorite is, oh, it's, it's for dramatic people. Not at all, but okay. I mean, we welcome all of you, dramatic or not, but that's not what drama therapy is. And I feel like being able to really delve into the world of therapy and really think about the different types of therapies that are on offer, it was really cathartic. I mean, I felt almost better because I wasn't the only one the only therapist out there who felt misunderstood. I actually genuinely believe that the creative arts therapies are the only therapies that that have a stigma or that are misunderstood or that people don't understand. And actually, that's not the case. There are so many therapies out there that people just make up stuff about because they don't actually know what it means and what it entails. And I'm relatively proud of ourselves for being able to put that out there.
1: Hold on, wait, can I just do...
0: Just give us a little clap, yeah. Yes, 100%. I think it's so important that we are able to recognize the achievements we've made. Mm-hmm. Because it was it was hard. I'm going to keep coming back to it. I'm going to keep circling back. But it was hard. And yet we've done it. And I felt really proud of us. And I mean, if you guys did look up some therapies or you sort of read a post and went, oh, I've never heard of this before and you're you're thinking you know do I want to go for this kind of therapy I say go for it like don't even think about it give it a chance the way I see it you can always 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 turn around to your therapist and say this isn't working for me but you won't know that until you try sometimes the best thing to do is to start and then figure out where you're going
1: yeah I love that and I think it really resonates with my own journey as well Because I have had counseling and I have also had drama therapy, both group and individual. And I've been out of therapy for a while, but it's because I really wanted to find, like, the right therapist and the right therapy. And as much as I would like drama therapy, for me, in the current times that we are in, not being able to see a drama therapist face to face is really difficult for me. I didn't want to have to do the online drama therapy. Hmm. And I think maybe it's because I'm also providing online drama therapy. And I just wanted somebody that I could just talk to. So I decided to go with a counsellor. And she's a great, great, great therapist. And what I love about her is the fact that she knows that I'm a drama therapist. And I feel she almost, not say she incorporates drama, drama therapy because she's not drama therapy trained. But I bring my drama therapy to her sessions, if that makes any sense. And so I love the kind of combination that we have. Hmm. And it's been absolutely amazing. And I honestly have to say, you know, I didn't think I would go back to counselling because I love the way that we do drama therapy. I love what it brings. But as you said, you know, different circumstances, different situations. It's also made me feel like I want to try different therapies. What we did in March and posted all those different therapies it really has made me want to experience them all. And I think as a therapist, that's actually, it's important. There are sometimes when I speak to counselors or a therapist and I, they ask me, oh, so what are you and what do you do? And I tell them I'm a drama therapist. They've never heard of it or they don't know what it entails. And that's just like when we posted all of these therapies, there was some that I had never heard of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it is really important of, acknowledging that and almost educating ourselves on the different therapies and the way that they work and how it feels to be in that therapy. i notice I've said therapy quite a lot of times <laughs> but this is the de-therapy space right? <laughs> All things therapy. So I think for myself in terms of what we've done with creating the posts each day really inspired me to want to delve even more into the different therapies there are and how I could go about sort of accessing something that wasn't just drama therapy. Yeah. Because I feel like I know quite a lot. And as I said, you know, these current times, I want to be face to face with somebody, but I can't. So the next best thing would be a really, really good counsellor.
0: Another thing that really struck me is the similarities between the different types of therapies. And I was not expecting that. And I think, you know, I was reading around different types of therapies and then thinking, oh, but drama therapy utilizes this, or, oh, this sounds really similar to what I would do, or I would offer this if I felt like a client wasn't fully able to engage with the symbolism or the metaphor. And it almost feels like, you know, people see all these different types of therapies as almost like rivalry like, oh, you need to do this one over this one, or this one is better than that one, or, you know, oh, this one's not going to work for you unless you're, you know, looking to do art, or looking to do drama, or looking to do music, and actually, it's not, it's not like that, there are so many different types of therapies out there who will utilize all of that stuff, you know, who will use all these type of new creative ways there is more and more research going into how creativity stimulates the brain, Yeah, a lot more trauma informed work, especially around sort of like brainstem activities is developing into, you know, sort of understanding that rhythm and music and drumming and dance all sort of stimulate that part of ourselves, that survival part of ourselves that develops, that becomes unfortunately sometimes traumatized and then we don't really know what to do with it Mm -hmm. and i feel like even any kind of therapy that you search for will utilize some kind of creativity in it and at the moment i feel like all we're doing is just putting labels on something that is just mental health we're putting so many labels on just being able to talk to someone just being able to reach out and i think what this month well the month of march has really highlighted for me Is that it's okay to seek help. It is okay to have enough. It is okay to feel like too much is going on. And it's okay to find someone. Whether it's a professional or a friend or a parent or a partner. Whoever it is to really, really be able to share. There is no shame in
1: seeking support. And as you say that, you know, the interview between harry and megan with oprah really springs to mind because one of the things that we really want to do with this de-therapy space podcast is highlight the misconceptions and the stigmas so that people understand that you know it's not what other people say it is or you don't have to be like this or you don't have you know we want to almost eliminate those things.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And it's actually upsetting to sit and watch a member of the royal family, so people that we look up to, people that hold our country, and listen to somebody basically crying out for help and not being given that help because of possibly the damage that they feel it could do to the brand to the name Hmm. what about that person's mental health you know to hear somebody of that hierarchy turn around and say that they didn't want to live anymore it's triggering it's definitely triggering
0: yes it's hard and it's brave and it's gut-wrenching And yet at the same time, it is the most disappointing thing in the world when the rest of the world turns around and says, I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what I was really struck by was the fact that this isn't an opinion. These are facts. These are people's feelings. It doesn't matter that you don't resonate. It doesn't matter that you might not ever have felt that way in yourself. But these are people's feelings And if someone's telling you that they're feeling a certain way, it's not, there is no sort of room to turn around and say, oh, I don't believe you. What do you not believe? If someone was jumping around with joy, feeling super happy because they just got a promotion or their baby was born or they won the lottery, would you turn around to them and say, I don't believe that you're truly happy? Why would you not believe someone if they're literally crying out for help? Mm -hmm. That was really, really saddening. That really struck me.
1: What also is striking is that it's not just Megan; there are still other people out there that are going through similar things, similar situations, where they have gone to their parents or their family members and said to them, "You know, they need help." And you know, I'm I'm religious; I'm Catholic, and a lot of times when you fight, many Christians or Catholics believe that you know you need to turn to God and you shouldn't turn to a counselor or a therapist. Mm. It's just trying to diminish that. It's trying to really just kind of scrap that and give that knowledge and and support to others to let them know that you can ask for help and you can receive that help that you need and that you want. And there are ways out there of doing that.
0: Yeah, without it affecting you.
1: Yeah, I can just imagine how, how, how damaging it is to actually ask for help and then not be giving it or told that you don't need it.
0: And if that's the narrative that you have, then it ends up setting you up for a lot of, a lot of disappointment.
1: Yeah. Hopefully I don't feel like we'll have any listeners that have that view. If they do, we hopefully have changed their opinion. But for those listeners who are for therapy, I would just like to ask you just to kind of reach out to anybody who is struggling. Or reach out to anybody who you feel might benefit from listening to our Episodes, or who might benefit from therapy, or you know, just I think what I'm looking for is for the world to just support each other.
0: That would be nice. I think it is essentially what we're trying to strive for. We don't necessarily need to preach to anyone, we don't want to diminish other people's opinions. I think it's just a case of. Mm The last few episodes have been so raw. We have been opening up so much about all of our experiences. It almost feels like this podcast should be called like the diaries of drama therapist during a pandemic because it feels like all we've been doing is just like using this as our own little therapeutic space. But this is really important. We need to be able to remind listeners, to remind anyone that we are human. And you are human and, and if that means looking out for help, looking out for your neighbour, looking out for your cousin or your sister or your brother or your parents, that is literally the essence of a human being. And I don't feel like there's anything wrong with us sharing how we feel because we're hoping that it will open up some conversations, open up some little doors for someone out there who might be really, really struggling to acknowledge that they too can open up there won't be any consequences no one is going to you know take you or fire you or shun you if you just are able to talk to someone that you trust and share this is hard for me but I need help Mm -hmm. and there are professionals out there and there are communities out there and there are charities and organizations and places that work specifically to support and help people, no matter what their background, no matter what their history, no matter what is going on. And I feel like that's also so important to remember.
1: Definitely. And I want to be able to also reach out to other therapists and counsellors as well, because I do find that there's almost a barrier between us, because I think as therapists, many therapists may have this mentality that they can't show their emotions or they can't be too understanding or they can't be too empathetic because then their emotions will show, their feelings will show and how that you know how their feeling will will be presented to somebody else. But sometimes actually you might need that as a client. You might need to know that actually my therapist has feelings too or my therapist has been through and I'm not saying to divulge the whole of your sort of (laughs) life yeah it's just sometimes to be able to find that connection with somebody and that is what makes us real I find otherwise people may look at us and just be like oh yeah they're just robots you know they just sort of listen to me or invite me to do this and and, and that's it kind of thing mm. they don't necessarily have feelings but the truth is we do have feelings we do live a life and we do fall into situations and yeah we're human we are we are so human and we
0: have our emotions and sometimes it's really hard to not get emotional to not want to reach out and help i mean we have our own therapies for a reason we have our supervision for a reason but I think it's, it's a lie to feel like we are higher or above our clients. And I feel like the one thing that I really loved about the drama therapy training, the one thing I really loved about the course is that whenever we sort of thought about ourselves as therapists, we actually thought about ourselves as facilitators first. Mm. We were facilitators before we were therapists. And I guess the reason why that resonated with me so much is because a facilitator is someone who provides a space And allows the client to sort of bring whatever they're bringing and just sort of hold that for them. Mm -hmm. I'm not teaching them, I'm not preaching at them, I'm not trying to educate them into anything. Sometimes psychoeducation is important, sometimes sharing your opinion is important, but majority of the time it's about holding what the client already knows. Mm -hmm. And someone said something really beautiful about drama therapy. They said that drama therapy is like the wind where you can't really see it but when it blows really hard you can feel it Mm -hmm. and drama therapy is like showing you that the wind exists because you will walk around not really noticing it until something triggers it and therapy drama therapy is almost like that thing that triggers it Mm -hmm. and I feel like therapy in general can be that little sort of like breeze where you suddenly feel it it's always been around you it's always been there it's just sort of become a little bit more into your awareness it's sort of come a little bit more into your awareness and I feel like that is really beautiful because it's not that the therapist is some sort of higher power that's you know trained and got all this knowledge and being able to tell you how to live your life but on the contrary they are helping you figure out your thoughts the therapist is not the one coming at you with your thoughts it's you who are coming to the therapist to untangle some of the messes. And the therapist is just there untangling with you. And that's beautiful.
1: It's a relationship. That's really nice, actually. And I feel that a lot of people think of therapy and therapists as people that are going to fix them. Or they're going to therapy to be fixed. And that's not what it's about. No,
0: it's not. And I feel like we, as therapists, spend so much of our own time trying to process a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And... Like Sienna said before, we also get triggered by certain things. This whole month has just been a month of sadness, terrible news for women, for people of color, for anyone who has ever felt in any way oppressed or abused in some way. And it just feels like it's been a battlefield. And it's really, really hard for therapists to be able to hold all of that without having to do the work in themselves. Because it's a process. Yeah, We are constantly being met by different things that are happening. Society's eyes are starting to become wide open. We are opening up our eyes with them. And I know from myself, because obviously I don't want to talk for all therapists out there, it's been a challenge being a therapist in this time. Mm-hmm. When I'm sort of trying to process my own thoughts and feelings, and at the same time trying really hard to hold everything that my clients are bringing and I feel like I'm capable of doing that but it comes almost at a cost to myself like somehow I'm not allowed to share how I feel with the client somehow I have to be the better person what does that even mean (laughs) (laughs) I can be a good person without having to hide my emotions yeah and I feel it's good to actually show the world that therapists are human
1: definitely And I feel that that is what this space is all about. You know, we are here to, yes, promote drama therapy as drama therapists. We're here to give you an insight into drama therapy. We're we're here to basically spread the word of drama therapy because we know that it's not as exposed as it should be. And hopefully we can do that. But within us doing that, there are other things kind of embedded within therapy itself. It's not just about drama therapy. Yeah. It's not just about the client. It's not just about the therapist. It's not just about the feelings. You know, there are so many things to unpack. And as I think you said, Ronnie, earlier, we are in a pandemic. So, of course, that's going to be one of the biggest things and the biggest topics. And all of what comes out of that is going to be put into these episodes and we will still be able to talk about the drama therapy and all of the other things that you know are coming we have how many episodes that we're going to get through but I think it's just really important for us to just notice what is needed right now and what is going on right now and I think a lot of what I have encountered is actually people needing help and needing support Mm -hmm. and originally this episode was supposed to be about finding a therapist but as we've already told you all of (laughs) what happened and you know the reasons how why we didn't necessarily get into it straight away I would still love to just give some tips on that because I do think it's so important there are so many people that are suffering and need that support and need that help and sometimes it just takes one person one episode one one conversation For a person to say, do you know what, I'm actually going to search for one now. But then it's a case of, okay, well, what do I search for? Who do I search for? Where do I search? What is it that I want? What would your advice be?
0: I think the fact that you're already thinking about it is an amazing, brave first step. And there are so many directories, so many different places you can go to, especially if you're in the UK, counselling directory, online stuff, BACP which is the British Association of Counsellors and Psychotherapists, will have a directory of tons of psychotherapists. If you're looking specifically for creative arts therapists, you've got the British Association of Arts Therapists, music therapists, drama therapists, dance and movement therapists. I think it's amazing how much is at our reach with the power of the internet. And there are definitely ways that you can search for the right therapist for you my first thought is always to sort of, if you feel like actually private therapy is not something that's affordable for you or something that you're able to do, always reach out to your GP, always reach out to your local NHS network, mental health trust. They're able to provide support, whether it's sort of online support, email support, a phone call or face-to-face therapy. So I definitely feel like if it feels like you're not really sure where to start, but you just need to talk to someone for a little moment. The NHS is your friend here in the UK. And if you're abroad somewhere, and we love our abroad listeners, definitely research what's local to you. What, is, what in your community are you able to research, look out for, ask around. I think that's so, so important. Yeah. Ask other therapists where they might find their therapists. It feels a little bit like a circle, but it helps. It helps knowing who other people know just in case there's someone out there who resonates with you a little bit more whether that's because they are a certain therapist have had certain training yeah or
1: whatever it is that you're looking for what about you sienna what's your top tip my top tip and i literally would love to put this in capital letters is do not settle Mm -hmm. so However you find a therapist, because as Ronnie has already said, you know, it's really easy to access. Whether you go to your GP, whether you search the internet, whether you speak to somebody and get a recommendation or whether you literally know all the therapists, it's quite easy to find them. I would definitely say that when it comes to the NHS and GPs, they don't necessarily refer you to creative arts therapists, which I have a little niggle about. Um, but We won't go into that. So if it's a case of you'd like to get talking therapies, then definitely GPs are always the way forward. But I mean, it's it's worth asking if you do want a creative arts therapist. One of the other things I would say about not settling is know what it is that you're going into therapy for. And when I say that, I'm not talking about knowing what past traumas it is or You know, that's not because your therapist will help you with that. But when you go to therapy, you know that you want somebody who is going to be supportive or who is going to answer your calls or, you know, who is going to be flexible. Just know what you need and what you want. You might want somebody who is of a particular race. And because you don't get that because it's maybe selected by your GP, that doesn't mean you can't receive that one thing that all therapists and counselors should do is like an introductory session where you can both get to know a little bit about each other and then she should or he should ask you whether you're okay to work with them you know whether you feel like the relationship can kind of progress and if you don't say no it's okay to say no they will be able to refer you to somebody else who might be a bit more suitable for you. It is okay. The main point that I'm trying to put in is do not settle. So if you want somebody of a specific religious background or, like I said, culture, ethnicity, all of these things can be brought into the therapeutic space and you can have a therapist that meets your needs because it could be a case of... And I'm just going to use the word race because... We've gone through quite a year when it comes to racial issues. But if, say, for example, race is something that really sticks out to you and is a really big issue within the reasons why you decided to go to therapy. Yeah. You're only then going to be triggered if you have somebody who you don't want to have. It could be, you know, sexual orientation or whatever it is. But my main point is do not settle and look around just always search for what it is that you need and want.
0: Absolutely. The way I see it mm-hmm. is, especially if you are seeking in private practice and you're the one paying, or whether it's your insurance company or whoever it is that you're going by, but if it's essentially coming out of your pocket, and you, can, you should definitely look at the NHS in really similar ways. We pay our taxes towards the NHS. We have these free commodities for a reason you are essentially looking at this as I am purchasing a service and I need to exactly what Sienna just said, I need to know what I'm getting myself into. Mm-hmm. If you go into a shop and you just see a, an amazing pair of shoes, you're going to ask if they're in your size. And if they're not, you're not just going to buy them so that they're sitting on the, in your shoe rack, looking pretty for your guests to admire them off the shoe rack. You need to be able to walk in them. And sometimes it means having to try them on and agree actually they weren't the right shoes for me or actually they don't fit very right and that's okay and that's absolutely okay and if you would do that with any other thing that you buy why would you settle for a therapist that you don't feel comfortable with and it's not personal to the therapist I can reassure you our training has prepared us for being told that we're not right and that's okay that's what we're there for we're not there to be offended by your choices. We're there to agree with you. And sometimes the therapist might not agree with the client. And that's okay too. We need to know our own boundaries. And you need to know your own boundaries as a client. What is it that you're okay to sort of be told by the therapist? And actually what it feels too much.
1: Mm.
0: There's never a point in the therapy where you need to feel like, oh, I have to stay with them now. Yes. Because of X, Y, Z. You At any point, if you feel like it's not working out, the best thing to do, in my opinion, is to bring it into the space and let let you have that discussion. But once again, it doesn't mean that you have to always stay. And I think, Sienna, what you said about not settling is so, so important.
1: I love the shoes. I love how you kind of incorporated that with the shoes. It is definitely, definitely important. And I also want to say, though, you know, yes don't settle, yes, search, look around. But then if you've gone through like 10 different therapists or seven different therapists, also ask yourself the question, could you be avoiding something? Mm. Is it an avoidance? You know, there's always questions that you can be asking. I'm really, really, really kind of positive that your therapist in the end will be able to see that and bring that to the therapy and allow you to reflect on that. Because if you've gone to a temp therapist, they they should have questions. They should be able to kind of uncover a few things that maybe you haven't realised. So it's always everything in moderation. You know, I will continue to say, do not settle. Make sure that you've found what you want, but then don't go to a therapist thinking oh yeah this is exactly what you what I want you know you you ticked all the boxes and then you still find something small that you want to change and so you go to something else because it's kind of like having kids or having a partner you know you've got your kids and you can't necessarily swap them like (laughs) just because they do things that annoy you or whatever it may be but these are things that you are able to work on in the therapy and therapy is not easy it's not a case of, yep, yeah, OK, I found the right therapist and therapy is just amazing. It's great. And I want to go to therapy every single week. No, that is not the case. And if I told you that, I would be lying to you. And I don't like to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't. Therapy is hard. There are days where you don't feel like going to therapy. There are days where you feel like, oh, actually, you know what? I might be a bit embarrassed because I said so much last week or last month or last session and I don't know if I can go back but again what we would really encourage is to bring that to the therapy because essentially it's basically you being honest with yourself and the therapist helping you to do that and if you're not honest then therapy is not necessarily going to be the best way forward And it's not going to help and support you on your journey. And that's what you want and that's what you need.
0: And on that note, I think I'm just going to bring back the shoes because I love it. I think you're right, Sienna. Therapy are like high heels. Yeah. It's great. You want to wear them all the time, but it's impractical. It hurts your feet. So you need to find a nice gel or a soft Mm -hmm. sort of sock to be able to wear those heels. And the therapist is like that. They'll be able to help you. They'll be able to mold you into the right sort of thing so that you can stand tall, proud and positive and be happy. And occasionally you might want to wear those trainers and that's okay too.
1: Or you can just go for a shorter heel. Or a shorter heel.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Find your shoe find your shoes that is what we <laughs> want to leave you guys with today that is what we want to leave yes. you with it is what we want you to share with your friends and your family and whoever it is in your life that you feel hasn't found their shoe go and find your shoes guys it's going to be great it's really really positive that we've been able to share so much in today's episode and it might have felt a little bit all over the place but I just wanted to say a massive thank you if you're still here with us, if you're still listening. You've made it. Well done. We don't have a prize, but (laughs) I think it's so lovely to know that there are people out there who who can resonate with what we're saying. And as always, we are taking emails, we're taking messages on Instagram and now on Facebook. Yeah, We would be so happy to have you guys just message us and tell us how you're feeling. How has March left you? How has the last year left you? (laughs)
1: And whether you're finding your shoes. Yeah, I'd like to hear from you guys as well. Like, what what would you want from us? Is there a particular episode that you would like? Let us know. 100%. But in the meantime, go find those shoes.
0: <laughs> Thank, Thank you for tuning, for tuning into, into D-Therapy therapy Space. space. Stay, Stay safe and keep listening. listening.